Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee, and I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is Monday, so Mom is back with us. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Just fine. It looks like it's raining there in New York. Oh, uh, yeah. We have the remnants of that hurricane. Ah. We, but we're we, not complaining because we need the rain. Yeah. So what do you bring us today? Well, I know you spoke about Therese, St. Therese on Friday. Uh, her feast day was October 1st, which was Saturday. But um, she's one of my most beloved saints. So I can't resist the urge to just give a little of uh, personal experiences I've had with her. So I'm going to begin with Therese and I'll end with Faustina, whose feast day is October 5th. So Teresa, Therese, is also known as the Little Flower. And her statue is in many churches. Uh, wherever you go, you, you go into a church, you find her statue. <clears throat> I have loved her since grammar school. We had a statue of her back then. And I took her as my confirmation name. Pope Pius X called her the greatest saint of modern time. And um, so she has a long history with our family. And it began when I was in eighth grade. I desperately wanted to go to a Catholic high school. I was in a Catholic grammar school and my family couldn't afford it. However, <clears throat> I learned that there was one high school alone that gave a full scholarship. However, they only took four girls from my school. And back in those days, the Catholic schools were bursting at the seams. So we had a lot of girls in that grade. So I, I decided, all right, I'm going to I'm going to pray to St. Therese. I'll do a novena. It's kind of a long shot, but I'll give it a try. So I did. I prayed to her for nine days. I actually went into the church and did my novena in front of her statue. And I will never forget hearing the announcement on the public address system in the school. And I was one of the four that got in. And it really grew my faith because I realized that prayer really does have a value in your life. Uh, it's not just somewhere out there. It, it actually can affect your life. And so it was a blessing for me that Therese was the first to show me the value of intercessory prayer. So Therese's simplicity attracts us because she, I think the reason is because she puts holiness within our reach. She's known for her, quote, little way, which is doing small acts with great love. <clears throat> she saw herself as small and weak, and so she relied on the power of God. And uh, all the examples that you gave on Friday about the elevator, she was too small to climb up the stairs of perfection, so she just took the elevator, which was in Jesus' arms, to get to God. She followed the way of spiritual childhood, which is a road of trust and surrender. Uh, she did not desire to grow, just the opposite. She desired to remain small, in fact, becoming smaller and smaller. And um, we can all do this. Anybody can do it. Uh, she, her writings on the little way led her to becoming the youngest doctor of the church because although the way is simple, it was also profound. 
so for example, uh, she was assisting a frail sister who was in a wheelchair. And she pushed the wheelchair with so much joy, she was almost dancing as she went down the hall with the sister. So is a little thing like that, that that's the little way. And then on other occasions, she'd be at recreation and two of her sisters, her uh, natural sisters in the world, were also sisters in the convent. And her desire was to sit with them and chat with them because she loved them so much. But instead, she would sit with a sister who was usually very grouchy. And the sister was uh, finally said to her one day, why do you like me so much? <laughs> so she, she did these little small sacrifices. And she missed no opportunity of making them. So... Um, her little way ranks her with the great saints. I heard a homily yesterday. The priest was comparing her to St. Francis Xavier. And he said, uh, Francis Xavier went out and baptized thousands and thousands of people. And he, he went to China and he went all over the place. He was traveling and he did all these things and became a doctor of the church. He said, Therese never left her convent and she died very young. And she's on equal footing with someone who did all of those things because of her little way. So, um, any thoughts on the little way, Father? Well, it's um, it's funny because a lot of people, even, you know, devout Catholics, um, if you talk to them about spirituality, this is not something people want to jump on. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> because funny? They, they it just seems too ordinary. You know, people mm. people want to have the stigmata. People want to have mystical experiences. People want to see the apparitions. But you tell them that you should have joy washing your dishes, and they go, ah, I don't think so. We're going to pass on that one. Uh, but in fact, this is how most people would get to heaven, is by living their life of, in a great way in simplicity and just doing everything with great love. Most people aren't going to go to China to evangelize. Most people aren't going to have the stigmata. Most people are not going to have apparitions. So if you're holding out for those things, you might just miss your whole life. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. But every day you have people in front of you who you can be kind to, who you can be charitable to, who you can be joyful with. Um, so it's, it isn't very uh, – what's the word? You know um, – dynamic or very fascinating because it's it's living your life and changing the way your heart perceives things but that's very important yeah and yet it's it's within our grasp to do it especially just becoming smaller and smaller of less importance that someone else you put more in front of you i mean it's just so relatable we can all do it yeah so to continue with Teresa's relationship with me and my family um, through the years, I, down the road, I was pregnant with my second child and I was danger, in danger of having a miscarriage. And the doctors had done all they could do and they said, now nature is just going to take its course. Well, I went to mass and I asked Therese to intercede for me. And I promised her that if I had a girl, I would name her after Therese. And the problem ceased at once. The rest of the pregnancy proceeded without a problem, and my beautiful daughter, Teresa Ann, was born. And so, um, years later, Terry came to me and asked me to pray that she would conceive a third child. 
she said, it's my turn to ask Therese for a favor. So we both uh, began a novena to St. Therese. And immediately we learned that Therese's bones were traveling the world. And lo and behold, they were coming to New York in Brooklyn. So we decided we have to go since we were now praying to her a novena. So we went and we prayed for a child in front of Therese's little coffin. And within one month, Terry was pregnant. So I had secretly asked for a boy. I didn't tell Terry that since Terry had two girls already. And all the sonograms indicated a girl. Well, Terry asked me to be her coach in the delivery room. And the nurse that came in to be with us, the first question out of her mouth was, are you named after Therese the Little Flower or after St. Teresa of Avila? And of course, Terry said the Little Flower. And that began a three-hour discussion about Therese. And so much so that I began to feel as though Therese was in the room with us. That's all we were talking about. So uh, I remembered that Therese had said that Jesus never denied her anything she asked for because she never denied him anything when she was alive. And then I remembered that I had asked for a boy. And I started to realize, I think that's going to happen because Therese is on it. And if she asked Jesus, he's going to give it to us. So I announced to the doctor and the nurse and everybody in the room that it was going to be a boy. And they all kind of looked at me very oddly. <laughs> they said, no, no, the sonograms all said it's a girl. Well, it was a boy, a beautiful baby boy, Michael James. And so uh, there we have it. And one last story. My mother was in the last days of a terminal illness, and she was in a Catholic-assisted living home with the Polish nuns. Now, the nuns had a very big poster on the wall next to her bed of Jesus as divine mercy. Then on the bed rail on the other side was a picture of St. Therese. And they would turn her from one side to the other, back and forth, Therese. And, of course, Faustina is synonymous with um, divine mercy. Well, I was finding it very, I don't know if you remember this, but I was finding it very hard to watch her suffer in those last days. She was gasping for every breath. So I asked you, Father Dan, one day when we went to see her together, why God didn't take her. And you said it wasn't God's will that she died that day. And he, and you said to me, and you do want to be in God's will, don't you? Of course I want to be in his will. Well, she died a few days later on October 1st, the Feast of St. Therese. And she was buried on October 5th, the Feast of St. Faustina. I mean... These were the two saints she had spent her last days with. And God's, so I began to see that God's ways are always better. And um, so I, I learned another lesson from Therese with that one. And the reason she didn't get buried for the five days, it wasn't that I chose that day. It was right after 9-11. And um, people were having memorial services at the funeral homes. And the funeral homes were packed. So they said, I'm sorry, you have to wait five days. We can't do it. And so, of course, the way God worked it out to teach me another lesson is the first and the fifth, Therese, Faustina. Hmm. So, um, you know, these are big lessons. Yeah. Uh, so now when I want something and I, God's not giving it, I know that his way is going to be better, even though I can't see it at the time. It's a, it's a big one. Yeah. And both Therese and Teresa are... Uh, doctors of the church along with Catherine of Siena and uh, Hildegard. Yeah, they're the only four of uh, that are women. 
Yeah, and you know, up till 1970, there were no women doctors of the church, so this is a fairly new thing. And Therese is the youngest doctor of the church. Yeah, and she'll probably remain that. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to write uh, a body of work by 24, but she did. Yeah, and uh, both of them, Therese and Faustina, have this have this body of work that we can read. You know yeah. the. The story of a soul for Therese and the, the diary for um, Faustina. So the question I ask is, what is the relevance of Therese for today's Catholic? I had to think about that. And I think it's a spirituality that anyone can follow. That's the big thing. It's the way of childhood. And I think the world is in great need of the spirituality of childhood, which trusts God for everything. And at the, the little way is only for the very small. It's not for those who draw their support from their own strength and knowledge. That's a big thing there. So the, the little way is only for people who are the very small. If you uh, are going about your day and you're relying on your strength and your knowledge of things and not turning to God, the little way is not for you. You know, she also, she, was, she called herself the heart the heart is what loves and she so she was going to be the heart of the mystical body to be the source uh, of all the prayers that would fuel all the other parts of the body which is again it's very different because like i mentioned earlier most people want to be the action part of the body they don't want to be the part that prays for all the ministries they want to be the ministry yeah. It's just the way people are. It's a funny thing. Most people would not want to be the intercessor who's hidden and behind the scenes that doesn't get any of the glory. And yet yes. that's the thing that's most pleasing to God is the one who does it out of pure love for God, not looking for a slap on the back or, or a, a, a clap of the hands. And would you think that's where the powerful prayers are behind the scenes, the intercessors? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's those cloistered nuns that are keeping the world from uh, exploding into bits and pieces. And there's less and less of them every every year, you know, because th those orders, um, many of them, it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Because I think the world has convinced most people that they ha we have to be active. You know, activity is the source of everything, right? So to be contemplative, it's, it's really... It's a very rare vocation that wants to be, not only to be a religious, but then to be a contemplative. And to give up everything in the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Including your family, you know, when you become a cloister nun, like Therese was. Yeah. Yes, it's a very big, a very big calling. And um, I don't think people give it enough credit. She, you know, she is quoted as saying, uh, Therese, that is, she said, you know well enough that our Lord does not look so much at the greatness of our actions, nor even at their difficulty, but at the love with which we do them. Mm. So there it is again. There it is. So her little way is not about taking away the trials of life. She doesn't actually pray for that, but she it's about finding joy and happiness and peace in the midst of the trials. That's, that's a big thing there. That's a key. So it's, it's, uh, the little way is not saying, take this away, Lord. I, it's too hard for me. It's about, okay, but, you know, take me through it. Walk me through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say she practiced faith and works. 
she had her faith in the things that she knew about God, but then she put them into practice. Um, and then she said, upon my death, I will let fall a shower of roses. I wish to spend my heaven in doing good upon the earth. So she's known for sending a rose or many roses to those who pray to her for help. And shortly after her death, the reign of roses began. She's been sending roses ever since. So, uh, it, you know, that's that's always cool for when somebody gets a rose when they're praying to her. They know she's listening and they know she's on it. So she's been my lifelong companion. And I would say to those out there, why not take Therese as your companion too? You know, one of the things I do is um, when I'm praying about something, I, I'll, I get a little prayer team around me of the saints. So it would be, it's always Therese. It's a saint, whoever my saint of the year is. And I have a few favorites and I, I make them a little prayer team so that my prayer is bigger. And I would say that's a good thing to do. Take a few of your favorite saints and make a little prayer team out of them. So when you're praying, ask them to be on on your prayer too. So my mother, when she went from St. Therese to Faustina, I'll, I'll segue now into St. Faustina, who lived in the early 1900s. So it's a vast topic. It's very daunting to talk about Faustina because there's so much to say. Same with Therese. But um, I, I do want to mention her. She, so we have two modern-day saints. Um, Faustina, of course, is all about divine mercy. She experienced all these apparitions of Jesus through years. And she recorded them in her book, The Diary. And it was God who asked her to write down these encounters with him in a book. So in the diary, there are paragraphs uh, numbered. And so this one is number 1142. My daughter, be diligent in writing down every sentence I tell you concerning my mercy, because this is meant for a great number of souls who will profit from it. So he revealed many things about his mercy for souls. And he gave specific promises to these. He gave her new, uh, new prayers of divine mercy devotions, the divine mercy chaplet, the novena of chaplets, uh, and specific promises that were attached to them. So this was a uh, very big. And it's a Jesus, one of the things that stands out to me about the diary is that Jesus told Faustina that the Divine Mercy Chaplet is especially effective for the dying. So in uh, paragraph 811 in the diary, it says, at the hour of their death, I defend as my own glory every soul that will say this chaplet. Or when others will say it for a dying person, the indulgence is the same. When this chaplet is said by the bedside of a dying person, God's anger is placated. Unfathomable mercy envelops the soul, and the very depths of my tender mercy are moved for the sake of the sorrowful passion of my son. So, this is, this is for us now. When we have a person who's dying, say that chaplet for them. Try to get them to say it if they can. And if not, if, if they're perhaps not responsive or whatever, you say it for them because the, the indulgence is the same. He wants to pour his mercy out on us. She's another saint who said that um, her mission would continue after her death and that she would not forget about us. 
<clears throat> and so, you know, the Lord told her uh, while she was alive that He was going to give her um, a great privilege to distribute graces as she she willed, to whom she willed, and when she willed. So imagine that. Mm. Yes. And I think you you spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about why isn't she a doctor of the church yet? Uh, she's there's a petition that was started by the the uh, Marian fathers up in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You know Father Calloway's order. Yes. And they've petitioned Rome in 2015, requesting that uh, the Holy See would name her a doctor of the church. So it's sitting at the Vatican, waiting for someone to to do that. Yeah, I I would think it would probably happen. Yeah. Interesting, Therese and Faustina both had very poor educations. They only went to the lower grades and it was over. But they were both very advanced in the spiritual life. They, they, So many similarities. They both died at a young age. They're both great saints. They both offer simple and easy ways to become saints. Uh, there's, bo- there's a book for each of them, The Story of a Soul and The Diary. And they, these, both of these books are life-changing and offer paths to holiness for each one of us. So, uh, but there's a lot, a lot of similarities between them. So, if you haven't read the diary or the story of a soul, I would highly recommend that you get both of them. Uh, they're both masterful uh, and and simple at the same time. Something interesting about her is, you know, she's. Uh, <laughs> She's always claimed by the Polish as one of their saints, and indeed she is. But um, many of her apparitions and her her diary took place when she was living in Vilnius, which is now part of uh, Lithuania. So the Lithuanians also claim her as their own. Uh, I guess things got redistributed after the war. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so when I was in Vilnius, she's all over the place. You know, they have statues of uh, Faustina everywhere. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was part of Lithuania. Yeah. And, of course, Therese is one of the patron saints of France, along with Joan of Arc. And you often see Therese depicted in uh, dressed up in a costume as Joan of Arc because she put on a play uh, at the convent one time, and she was Joan of Arc. So there you have who she was probably would never have believed that she would become a co-patron saint of France with Joan of Arc. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, two great saints. We ha- it's, a, it's action-packed at the be- end of September and the beginning of uh, October. Yesterday, being Sunday, October 2nd, was the Feast of the Guardian Angels, which we don't celebrate because it's, um, you know, it's Sunday. Sunday. But, you know, we had uh, the Archangels, we have the Angels, we have Tomorrow we have St. Francis of Assisi. I mean, these are big saints. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blessed time. It surely is. And then the seventh Friday is Our Lady of the Rosary. Yes, that too. And then we come up to the Feast of Fatima on the 13th. So it's we're just uh, moving along from one to the other. It's kind of a, a very blessed time. So and we can ask of Avila is on the fifteenth. Uh, another one. So we can just ask the intercession of all of these saints and angels for us. Yeah. As as we're living in a blessed time because of uh, the messages keep coming from Medjugorje every month, 
And uh, although the world looks not so good, it's a lot of good things going on behind the scenes. It's funny. I had uh, lunch yesterday with the the um, a couple from up in Gallatin. They came all the way down, and um, they wanted to know about Medjugorje. They'd never been, so we had lunch. I talked about it. By the end of the conversation, they're they're booking their trip <laughs> <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, there, there's going to be another one in April. They're going to get in on that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. yeah, it is exciting times. It's also. Uh, it can be so frustrating watching so many people working against God and his church, even Catholics, particularly the Catholic politicians. It's just crazy. But it was all forecasted. It's in Revelation. We all, If you read that sixth mm-hmm. chapter, it's all right there. Uh, but then we get surprised when it actually starts happening. Well, it's it's quite interesting to be living it instead of just reading about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Indeed it is. Okay, well, that's about it for today. Tomorrow, I'll have on uh, your new friend, Jenny Hubbard. Yes, looking forward to that. That'll be a very interesting show. She's uh, the mother of one of the victims of uh, Sandy Hook, the shooting. And she has lots of words of wisdom for people who who probably who are just suffering in general, but also for somebody who's lost a, a child. All right, let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being on. This is Father Dan signing off.